Gutsy Podcast, where we talk about all things real, raw, and ridiculous about running a business authentically. I'm Laura Wallace, also known as the Laura Aura, lover of all things inspirational, owner of Works Graphic Design, and your host on this journey through entrepreneurship. I'm here to help you get out of your head and back into action as a passionate business rock star. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday as we fuel your gutsy. This week on the Gutsy Podcast, we are talking all about branding, what it is, how to use it, how to identify it, and all the nitty-gritty things that come in between. I've been a graphic designer for the last 17 years, and through graphic design, there are a ton of different avenues as far as how you can use that skill. For instance, you could be a production artist or a web designer, an illustrator, you can go into photography, Videography, the the art world is so diverse. But the thing that always stuck out to me, even going through school and through my first part of my career, was the fact that branding was an opportunity to give a business a personality. And through the personality, you could help a business grow. You could help them attract different markets. And one of the neatest parts about it is every business is so different. So you don't have to do what the next person is doing. When I started Works, I I told myself, I will always be a graphic designer. Laura, you will design till the day that you die. This is what you're meant to do. Hands down, you'll always be the one behind the computer. And an interesting thing started to shift a couple of years ago. I realized that I love being part of the visionary process, creating ideas and thinking about what's possible, and then getting my team involved and letting them do their thing. We often talk about it as passing the baton, you know, back in gym class in high school or on field day when you'd have that first runner that ran the race and got you to a certain point and then you'd put your arm back and you'd you'd hand back the baton and the next person would take it and bring the race home. In the last few years, I've learned that I love being that first runner and I love watching my team excel at the projects and the creativity that they thrive the most in. So even if you're just starting out or are a one or two person shop, be open to the flexibility that your job and your role as a business owner is going to evolve over the years. I started off doing graphic design because that's what I was trained in. And through time and evolution and business development, I found my sweet spot. Now, with all that being said, I get real geeked out about a really solid brand. Like, I become very brand loyal to companies. We hold our own brand very strong. And I love how we are able to work with different business owners across the country to create an identity that's completely unique to them. Branding can be kind of a vague term, and it often means something different to everyone. So first, let's identify what the heck a brand is and how it works for you. So just off of the top, your brand stands for who you are, what you do, and how you make a difference. Some of the key elements of a brand are your visual identity, your tone, the feeling that you give people, the products and services that you offer, an experience that you offer, and the follow-through that you provide your customers. A brand can often be mistaken as, oh, here's my logo and my colors, ta-da, I have a brand. And that is absolutely a portion of what your brand is, but it's only a small portion of the puzzle that's put together to create the whole thing. So let's go through those different steps and really start to think about your brand as a whole. 
Your visual identity. This is probably the most common first thought people have when you think about a brand. So your visual identity are things like your logo, your color scheme, the fonts that you use, photography style, and your overall theme and aesthetics. A strong, cohesive brand is one of the most essential parts of creating uh, brand equity out in the world because repetition is everything. You may be seeing your brand every single day and a lot of people tend to get tired of it or they want to change it up. So they add a little, little yellow here or they change a font there. And even though you're seeing it every day, most of the time your market is seeing it or interacting with it for the very first time. When you are consistent with your visual identity of your brand, you start to create this top of mind awareness in people. Oh, hey, I've seen that before. So if you're driving down the road and you see someone's billboard, then you go to their website and it looks the same. And then, oh, you meet that person at a networking event and you get their business card and that looks the same. You start to build trust. You show that you're willing to invest in your business, which makes other people willing to invest in yours. And you become memorable because people are familiar with the look of your brand. The next part of a strong brand is your tone. These are the words that people read and interact with, whether it's on your website, on social media, headlines on your advertising campaign, any words that people see or hear. I'm talking even down into your away message on your computer and your voicemail on your phone system. It's important to identify how you want people to feel when they're interacting with your brand. So a couple of different tone examples. Some brands will choose to write very lighthearted, fun, airy, a little bit quirky. Another brand may be very factual, focusing on statistics or other important information. And sometimes it's a combination of different types of tone. When you're evaluating how you want your company to sound, we like to think of brands as people. So if your company was one person, How would it look? How would it dress? How would it talk? And what would be the first thing that came to mind when someone asked about the character of that person? So when you're referencing the tone of your company, again, think about it as a person. And if that person were talking, what type of conversation would they typically have with the public? And what would that sound like? Next up is the feeling. So while it may not be a tangible thing that you can see, Your brand relates to how it makes people feel. For instance, when you see Hallmark commercials, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a sucker for those things and I cry on a whim anyway, but the Hallmark brand makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Or maybe there's a weight loss commercial and it just all of a sudden you go from feeling completely discouraged to on top of the world empowered like you can accomplish anything. Or maybe you hear an ad for Maserati and all of a sudden you feel like your Toyota is going to go 200 miles an hour and hug the turn. While these may be larger brands, the cool thing is any size brand or company can create a feeling through their branding and their marketing. So ask yourself, how does your brand typically make people feel? Is it excited, relieved, inspired, emotional? Think about what people say about your company when you're not around and the relief or solution that you provide them. Next up is your products and your services. So this may seem like a no-brainer, but the products and services that you offer are very much part of your brand. For instance, you might be an accounting office. Chances are you're probably not selling essential oils on your website. And if you are, I'm going to hope that it's because you have marketed yourself as a holistic, natural accounting firm. Is that a possible thing? I have no idea, but I'm sure there's somebody doing it. 
So an easy exercise that you can do is make a list of all the different products and services that you offer. If you're in retail, walk around your store. If you're selling online, browse through your webpage. If you're a service provider, make a list of all the different things that you offer. This exercise is really flexible no matter what type of business that you're in. The core focus, though, is to take a look at all the different things that you're offering and ask yourself, does this match where our brand is today and where we're going tomorrow? In other words, are these things associated with what we are offering and promoting? Another exercise associated with this is something we like to call buckets. Basically, what you can do is identify the three core areas that you want to focus your branding, marketing, and growth strategies in. This might feel a little challenging at first because you may feel like you want to serve everyone with everything. But the more hyper-focused you are, the more brand awareness that you create, the more success that you can generate. So it works. Our three core buckets are entrepreneurship, branding, and inspiration. So how we decide if we're going to offer something or do something new is if it falls in one of those three buckets, it's worth exploring. And if it doesn't, it's not aligning with our core products and services, and it's got to go. So I encourage you, define your three buckets. And then from that list that you've created, or from that tour that you've taken of your different products, ask yourself, do these things fall into my three buckets? And if not, start to develop a strategy on how to eliminate those things so that you have the time and the space for the things that are going to contribute to your success. Next, I want you to think about the experience that you provide your customers. So if you think about the Tiffany's experience, if you think being on Fifth Avenue in New York City, going into Tiffany's to purchase uh, an engagement ring or a bracelet, from the second you walk in the door, it's like walking into a different world. The atmosphere is clean and upscale. All the employees are dressed to the nine. The service is unparalleled. And even though I haven't had a chance yet to purchase anything from there, AJ and I went to visit the store once, and I, we just watched how the employees treated the customers. And it was like everyone there was royalty, whether you were purchasing or not. And if you were a paying customer, everyone had their own corner with their favorite beverage, and the jewelry was laid out on this beautiful cloth. And it doesn't even end there. The iconic Tiffany's box is like literally the seal of the deal. Their staff carefully packages it, making sure that everything is shined and sitting perfectly in whatever size or shape box that they have. This, my friend, is what we call a brand experience. People are not only purchasing the jewelry from the store, but they are purchasing the experience that comes along with it. So think about how you treat your customers and the experience that you're providing them when they are shopping with you. Not everyone has to offer a Tiffany's experience because their brand and their target audience may be very different than yours. For instance, in our office, when a guest comes and we refer to them as guests, they're immediately greeted by Kelly. She asks them if they want a coffee or a water or a tea. If they accept, we serve it to them in real glassware versus plastic bottles or plastic cups. She guides them into the conference room or whichever area of the office that we're meeting them in. And something that we've recently started doing is we have a television. Let's use that. So on the television, we have a visual that represents their identity or their business. 
Beyond that, we have follow-up cards. We have referral cards for thanking people for sending them to us. When we deliver logos, there's a certain packaging that we use. If you can deliver a great product or service, you definitely have a customer. But if you can give them a lasting memory from the way that you've made them feel through the experience that you provided to them, you've got referral partners for life. So sit through some of the details. Think about things like your first meetings or packaging that you use to send products. Do you always have flavored water available in your office or is there a little extra little treat in their bag whenever they're finished shopping with you? These things don't have to be extravagant, but the details are the things that people remember. And last but not least, it's your follow through. While it's not always often seen as part of the brand, the follow through is one of the most important important parts of the branding process. These are things like doing what you say you're going to do, meeting the deadlines that you've created, fulfilling orders on time, reaching out after the sale is done, asking for a referral, or even sending a quick hello to see if there's anything else that you can do for them. As people, we crave connection. And when you can create a connection with your customers, you've created customers for life. But even outside all the nitty-gritty details that we just talked about, the number one way to create a successful brand is through consistency. The way that people shop has drastically changed even over the last five years. People are up at all different hours of the day and time. I cannot tell you how many times I've woken up at 2 a.m. and I think, oh, I need to order this for the bathroom. And here I pop on Amazon or our favorite retailer's website and purchase it. Having a consistent brand gives your potential customers and your current customers the same experience no matter where they are finding you. So whether they are new to your brand and they go to your website and then you see an ad pop up on social media and then they start following you on Instagram and then they see your ad campaign or sign up for your newsletter list, whatever advertising means that you use, you want them to have the same look, feel, tone, experience, follow through, and offerings. So I want to tell you about my latest brand crush. Yes, I crush on brands and it's it's a whole thing. So I am big puffy heart in love with Peloton. If you're not familiar with Peloton, it's an indoor cycling platform that utilizes technology where you can take a class at any day, at any time with your favorite instructors. It gives you analytics It's a whole, it's just as amazing for my brain as it is for my body. I bought my bike about eight months ago and I was all for it for a little while and I, and I had a pretty great routine and then I kind of backed off over the summer, um, naturally as most people do. But then I realized that I need to really take care of my health to be able to sustain a thriving ongoing business among many other things in my life. So I started a new routine with my bike and I fell in love with it all over again. And this happened to coincide with about the time where I feel like they just like poured their heart and soul into marketing and advertising. Because I've created this emotional connection with my bike, because again, not only is it great for my stress and my body and just overall health, but each class is like an inspirational talk. So it really jazzes up my mind which in turn, now I have become completely obsessed with them. So I don't know if it's because they have taken on this whole new marketing initiative and they're everywhere, or just because I'm super hyper aware of their brand now, I see it everywhere. I literally see it everywhere. Like it's a part of my daily life now. We were at a restaurant having dinner and cocktails and they had TV screens and a Peloton commercial came on and I thought, oh no, they know that I'm out here. (laughs) So that night I went home and I rode because I felt like, 
my people are on the TV and they came to me and now I need to ride my bike. Or another time I had full intentions on riding. I went home, I put on my riding clothes and then I looked across the room and there was my bed and it was just, it just looked so lonely, but also really warm and inviting. And I thought maybe I should give it some attention. So I crawled in my bed and I laid there for a good solid hour and all of my motivation went out the window. I'm laying there, so I'm thumbing through Facebook and Instagram and doing some online things. And lo and behold, a Peloton app comes through. Now, I'm a follower of most of their platforms, so you know I see their things more frequently due to the algorithms. But as soon as I saw the ad, it was like a reminder, like, hey, you've got this. You can do it. Your bike is downstairs, and it's awesome, and you feel way better whenever you use me. So why don't you get out the bed and get your ass down on the bike? Now, the ad itself didn't say any of that. The ad was a picture of a woman who just looked completely in her element. I could see the screen, which had one of my favorite instructors on it, and the entire thing just made me feel like I can do this. And here's my favorite Peloton story so far in my life. I went to Target the other day because I needed a new pair of capris to ride in. I'm a huge Target fan. I can get lost in there. No matter what I go there for, I end up spending at least $50. Like, I need toilet paper, $50. I need a new shirt, $50, because lo and behold, I always find something else. But I went back into the workout section, and the leggings were $35. And I remember thinking, hmm, I don't know, that just seems kind of kind of pricey. I don't think that I want to do that. I'll hold off. And I didn't purchase them. Well, I get an email from Peloton a couple of days later that they they have a boutique shop, um, which means that they have clothing and accessories with the Peloton brand on it. So I get an email that says, hey, the Peloton boutique has new apparel. Check it out. And it's accompanied with a photo of these amazing workout pants. So naturally, I click on it. And I go to the website and I was like, oh my gosh, I love these. I want to order these. They were $95. Now, I haven't ordered them yet because I had to like mentally talk myself out of it for a hot second. I'm probably going to buy them though. But the, the point is because of the brand, because of the brand loyalty, the brand experience and the emotional connection that I have with it and the relief and energy that it provides me, I didn't even think twice about spending almost three times as much for basically the same type of pants. Sure, the material might be a little bit better, and you know, I'm sure that there's some construction in the apparel that's better, but when it boils down, these are pants that I'm going to sit on a bike and ride in. But one was associated with a brand that I have a connection with because they've provided an experience to me that is unparalleled to any other. Now, after hearing myself say all these things, I'm realizing that maybe I sound a little bit like a um, like crazy fangirl, but I'm sure that there are brands in your life that you are so completely loyal to that you don't even think twice about engaging with them. You just do. This could translate down into your favorite gas station. Like you always go to Sheets, for instance, to buy gas. Or it's your favorite grocery store that you always just go to. You don't even think twice about it. Or when you're buying cosmetics, you know where you purchase those things. Brand loyalty, a lot of times, is subconscious because it becomes part of your routine. The thing that I find most fascinating about branding is branding is all about positioning. It's the difference between spending $35 on a pair of pants versus $95 on a pair of pants. Or think about your favorite hair salon, for instance. It's the, Haircut is a haircut, right? But if you think about a boutique hair salon that is offering hand massage and a complimentary glass of wine or a beer, 
Maybe the hair washing portion is longer because let's face it, that's the best part of the entire haircut. Or eucalyptus towels that are wrapped around your neck to give you an extra soothing feel. This is part of the brand and the brand experience that this hair salon in particular has created because they're trying to target a very specific demographic who's going to invest a higher amount of dollars into their services. Whereas if you think of a more economy style hair salon, these are the places where you're getting in and out because time is of the essence. You need an upkeep, but you don't have half a day to spend there. You may not be getting all those extra services, but those things may not be important to you, or maybe even on this given day may not be important to you. Their brand positioning is all about alleviating the problem of, hey, I need a haircut, but I don't have a whole lot of time. And also it's going to cost me 25 bucks. Building a successful and memorable brand is a lot like going to the gym. You could get the right outfit and spend the right amount of time and really just bust ass in there and feel really accomplished when you leave. But when you get home and look in the mirror, chances are you're not going to see the results immediately. Branding is a lot like building that muscle, which takes consistency, repetition, and sometimes trying new things to get better results. Because aligning the right brand strategy in front of the right target audience is a sweet spot for a successful business. If you're ready for more brand strategies or maybe even need a little guidance on what to do next, visit worksgd.com, that's W-O-R-X-G-D.com, and sign up for our brand scorecard where we evaluate all the goodies that you have and figure out which pieces we need to tackle next. And join me on this Thursday's Power Back as we dig even a little bit further into your brand to evaluate what you have and more importantly, what you need. Until then, follow at The Gutsy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And for more business advice, follow me on Instagram at ThatLauraAura. See you next time.